Fields of Faith tonight. They're out there having their service, annual service. And we're just praying and believing the Lord will move upon that young group tonight. Touch them, empower them, fill them with the Holy Ghost. And those teenagers be touched. Uh, we're going to, uh, if you have your tithes and offerings, you can also drop them in the tithe boxes on your way out tonight. We're going to get into our prayer devotion tonight. You're truly going to be blessed with our speaker tonight. Her and her husband, Dan, are doing a great work for the kingdom of God. Would you please welcome Cassie King. This never gets easier. People say that all the time, but it really doesn't. Every time I get up here, I feel like I'm going to die. Literally, <laughs> so somebody raise me from the dead if I do. So um, it's going to be a super short devotion. I'm I'm real long-winded until I think somebody's listening to me, <laughs> and then it's over for me. And it don't take long to know uh, my heart or my opinion, so it, I can just do it real quick, and we'll be good. So um, I'm actually I know that some people don't like you to use a phone Bible. But you guys can, like, meet me out in the parking lot or whatever. I'm going to use my phone. So um, uh, my devotion is going to be Luke uh, chapter 14. I'm going to start in verse 16. Um, I'm super passionate. I'm super passionate um, about the lost. But I know tonight that I'm not talking to lost people, right? You guys are saved, right? So then, Okay. So Jesus followed up, and he said, There once was a man, this is the message version, um, who threw a great dinner party and invited many. I am so nervous. I don't know why. I'm shaking like a leaf. Um, and when it was time for dinner, he sent out his servants to the invited guests, saying, Come on in. The food's on the table. And then they all began to beg off one after another, making excuses. The first said, I bought a piece of property, and I need to look it over, send my regrets. Another said, I just bought five team of oxen, and I really need to check them out, send my regrets. And another said, I just got married, and I need to get home to my wife. The servant went back, and he told the master what had happened. He was outraged. Quickly, he said to the servant, get out of the city, get out into the city streets and the alleys. I love that. Collect all who look like they need a square meal, all the misfits and the homeless and the wretched that you can lay your hands on and bring them in here. The servant reported back, Master, I did what you commanded, and there's still room. And the master said, then go out into the country roads, wherever you find them. And this is one of my favorite parts, drag them in. Amen? <laughs> okay. Uh, that my house might be full. And let me tell you that not one of those originally invited is going to get so much as a bite of my dinner party. So we're human, and we make excuses. Amen? No excuse makers in here? Okay. So my favorite part of this parable is um, where he says, go out into the city streets and the alleys, right? And New King James Version says, go out into the highways and the hedges or the highways and the byways and compel them to come in that my house might be full. Super simple message. I mean, it's right to the point. But it's so easy for us to think that that's not our calling. And granted, there's all kinds of ministry. I would not make it five seconds in the nursery. Um, that's not my calling. But the Bible is super clear on we are all called to the Great Commission. Right? 
the master, just like the Lord, he reminds us that it doesn't matter where we came from. It doesn't matter what state of mind that we were in. We're worth saving. Jesus thought we were to die for. I saw that on a t-shirt. I loved it. I thought that was cool. So the, um, the master, he sent his messengers into the least likely places, into the undesirable places. Most likely where undesirable people were. He sent the messengers to give an invitation. I am so thankful for the invitation. Right? But what does the word compel mean? New King James Version says, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, and it's easy to misunderstand. Sometimes people tease me about um, trying to pick people up in my car and um, the church bus, and sometimes they get in, and sometimes they don't. Uh, one time I even had someone call the police on me, a one-legged man, and I was like, Mike, if I wanted you in my car, I could get you in here. You have one leg, <laughs> but whatever. Um, it doesn't mean force them. It means um, compel them. It means that um, we have to have a super convincing argument, right? Otherwise, so um, we have to represent Jesus in such a way that it draws them in, right? Am I making sense? Yeah? Okay, so um, all can have life. That's what the Bible says, right? The prostitute can have life right? The angry man that picks up cans on the side of the road, he can have life, right? Mm -hmm. The lady in the grocery store line, she can have life. Our neighbors, our lost family members, all can have life. Unfortunately, like the first set of guests, not everybody accepts it. And that gets me aggravated sometimes. If I'm being completely honest, that floors me. <laughs> That's where the force comes out in me. But like I said, this message is not a salvation message. I want to take it another way. Um, because I asked you guys, you guys said that you were saved. So tonight I can talk to the church, right, about the highways and the hedges. So um, the world's been invited to the Master's Supper, to the Gospel Feast. And I want to tell you tonight, church, that we are the messengers, we are the messengers. Maybe we're not called to that specific ministry, or maybe we're not, um, you know, maybe we don't have a past in it. That's irrelevant. That doesn't matter. We are all called to represent Jesus and minister every single place we go, right? Yeah, and it's hard. It's hard for some people. They say, oh, well, that's not for me. You've been deceived. The Bible says that's for you. So, like I said, not all will accept it, at least not the first time around. We have to carry the good news everywhere we go, to our jobs, to the grocery stores, and sometimes to the rough places. Of course, my rough places are probably different than y'all's rough places, <laughs> you know? I, I like the rough places. So um, the highways and the hedges are the places where they don't have church meetings. They don't have life groups in the highways and the hedges. They don't have prayer, devotion. They don't have Sunday suppers. They don't have that stuff. Those things are awesome, but it's not the first step. It's not. If it was, I probably would have been saved a long time ago and cut out a lot of the, <laughs> a lot that I went through. But that, that's not the first step. And when I think about that, um, I think about James Larson's and Keith, and I ask him permission to talk about them too. Um, but 
James Larson's one night, he showed up to our Monday night group with Keith. And he just rubbed me the wrong way. He just was so ornery and so hateful. And he plops down on the couch, real hateful. His face is real hateful. And he said, I'm not really a church person. I said, oh, okay, me either, really. <laughs> I mean, I love Jesus. Um, he says, no, I just mean that church isn't really my thing. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, in my mind, I'm thinking, really, James, seriously? <laughs> but come to find out, James had been compelling Keith for years. He had been working on him for years. That Monday night meeting was not the first step for Keith. It was a last resort to get James off his rear end. Whatever it takes, James. And Keith came to that Monday night group. How long? Two years ago, Keith? Two years ago. He came to Monday night and was so sour. So sour. And he went to Real Men's Rally that very next Saturday because he was badgered to go. And he got saved. <laughs> he got saved. And, you know, now we can't beat Keith off with a stick. And he's so kind, and he's so good, and he loves the Lord, and he's faithful, you know, and he's faithful. And um, that just, that reminds me of that. It reminds me, uh, James Larson's had been on him and, and planting a seed and watering a seed for years and years and years. Sometimes it doesn't happen overnight, but we get so quick to give up, you know. So uh, we are to be the messengers we have to have a compelling message. We have to be ready to minister everywhere we go. That doesn't mean type up a fancy message and present it in the grocery store line. <laughs> I have to type mine up because I forget. My attention span is about that big. Um, but the only thing you have to say is, look what the Lord has done. You know, I love to get somebody in my car, the ones that will get in. I get them in my car, and I'm going down the road, and my first line is, you got blessed. <laughs> you got blessed. And I got blessed because I saw you walk in, and now I get to give you a ride. And sometimes people are like, <laughs> you know, I've had people before say, let me out. I really have. But then sometimes we get people in the church van and they need prayer. You know, we picked up a young girl walking one day and um, she just was emotional and she had ran out of gas in her car. And um, it was awesome because we got to minister to her and we didn't have to do it in a church and we didn't have to do it um, at, a, at a service of any kind. We just picked her up and we witnessed to her, you know, and we prayed for her. She let us pray for her. Sometimes people don't do that. So believe it or not, everybody in this room is a messenger. We're all called to the Great Commission. So when I first got saved, I, I would always say this. Um, I, it sounds a little bit silly, but really it made perfect sense to me. You know how when people used to go door to door and they would sell insurance or they would sell Avon or something like that? They would go door to door, and they would really push the sales because if they sold something, they got a commission. They got paid if they sold that thing, even if they had never used it or didn't know if it worked. Is that making sense? But when we're giving Jesus, it's for free. 
when we go place to place and highway to hedges, and I'm using that figuratively speaking, I hope you know, um, when we're ministering to people, even by the way that we live or even by the things that we do, because sometimes that's all people will listen to is what they see you do. And um, that's a big deal. Um, you know, that's the Great Commission. And I love it. And it gets me excited because it doesn't cost any money. It's for free. And why not want to share the thing that literally saved your life? You know, that makes a powerful argument. This is insurance that I've never used. Or this is a product that I've never used. But I'm going to sell it to you. Um, but Jesus is something that you know. And when you relay that message with passion, it changes people. It changes people when they see what you do and how you live. And sometimes your countenance. You know, when you can see people that, we say this about the guys. We have guys from Crossroads on Monday nights. And they come and, and their countenance is different. Um, and I really couldn't tell this until after I received the Holy Ghost. But um, I guess that discernment comes with the Holy Ghost. And I'm, um, I can see their faces even week after week after week. Um, Jesus, does that make sense? Like their countenance changes and you know that Jesus is in here because their face changes. That amazed me. That amazed me to be able to see freedom on somebody's face. And sometimes that's the only message that we have. So um, don't force people. It takes away from the invitation. But minister to them. If they refuse to receive it, don't give up on them. Pray for them. Um, it doesn't always take the first time. Tiff, my sweet, sweet Tiff. Everybody told me, even my husband, which is this no secret, she knows. Stop chasing her down. Stop doing that. I'd say, oh, I don't think it's time. I mean, I would just be so mad at her. I just would want to just kill her. Just mad at her. But now look at her. Like we could not stop chasing her. And when I say chasing her, I would chase her down. I don't care where I had to find her. And um, now she's thriving. Like she's about to get her kids back. And the Lord has a plan for her life. And her future, you know, a plan that was bigger than our plan. You know, I had my own plans for her. But God's plans were bigger than mine even. So... If they're willing to receive it, let them receive it and move on to the next one um, that your father's house might be full. So just be a messenger. That's my message. And a great message that was. Amen. As she was saying, we all have different gifts and callings, but we all have one thing we've all been called together to do in common, and that's to be ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ.